Ever wonder why there are so many research studies that have contradictory findings? Why is there so much conflicting evidence? One prime example of these contradictions is found in news about health. The news media is chock full of attention-grabbing headlines about the latest advancements in health and human nutrition. It seems like almost every day that new data analysis comes out to tell us what to eat, how much exercise to get, and which behaviors are most risky. Take coffee, for instance. Although people have been drinking coffee for centuries, it's still unclear whether it's a health benefit or a risk. A quick scan of recent news stories reveals a confusing mix of data on this topic. Some findings suggest that drinking coffee may protect against certain types of cancer, stroke, diabetes, and cognitive disease. Yet other research links coffee with an increased risk of heart attack, cholesterol, and arthritis, plus it's addictive. One reason for this confusion is related to the distinction between causation and correlation. Causation means that one event leads to another, that one action is directly responsible for another. We use carefully designed experiments to test for causality. Correlation means that two things are associated. Notice that I didn't say anything about which variable causes the other, just that they're related. Two events may be related because one causes the other, but they could also be linked by some other factors. A classic example of why correlation does not imply causation is with ice cream sales and swimming deaths. The two variables are correlated. When ice cream sales increase, so too does the number of drownings. Yet we wouldn't conclude that ice cream sales cause swimming deaths. Here, the missing causal link is hot weather, which both boosts ice cream sales and swimming deaths. Correlations are useful because they point to potential causal relationships, but that's not the same thing as identifying a real causal link between two things. For that, we need to measure change over time, or ideally we design an experiment to specifically test if one thing leads to another. So why is this distinction important? Often we want to make sense of the world, so we use whatever data is readily available. This generally means that observational data intended for one purpose is used to find potential relationships between other things. This can provide important insights where we previously had little information, yet it can also increase the chance of finding spurious or false relationships. With observational data in which everything was measured at the same point in time, we can only test how related concepts are. What we don't know is whether one thing causes another. There's a funny story circulating in the statistics blogs illustrating these concepts. A man is wandering the halls of a psychiatric ward with a spider in the palm of his hand. He sees the doctor and says, look doc, I can talk to spiders. He says, spider go left, and the spider duly moves to the left. He continues, spider go right. The spider shuffles to the right of his palm. The doctor replies, interesting, maybe we should talk about this in the next group session. The man retorts, that's nothing, doc. Watch this. He pulls off each of the spider's legs one by one and then shouts, spider, go left. The spider lies motionless on his palm. The man turns to the doctor and concludes, if you pull off a spider's legs, he'll go deaf. So the next time you see an eye-catching headline, perhaps you should ask yourself whether the study was designed to identify a causal relationship or if it's the result of a large observational data set. Remember, correlation does not imply causation.